Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get sports and you get comics. And last week we did an impromptu sports podcast when the Leafs inexplicably were able to sign Mike Babcock. Well, not inexplicably. They drove a dump truck full of money up to his house. And, you know, he's not made of stone. Um, but today we're talking comic book stuff. And specifically, we're going to be talking CW's first season of The Flash. We're going to get to the Arrow a little bit later, but because... A couple of us haven't seen it just yet, but for now, we are doing The Flash. And to talk to Flash today, we have the biggest Flash fan I know, Kevin Miller. Welcome back. That's good to be back. Thank you. All right. It's good to have you back. Um, I guess we'll just we'll just get into it. We're talking we're talking to CW Flash, and we'll we'll, we'll start by saying you know spoiler alert because we're gonna be spoiling the 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 bleep out of this first season of the Flash show. Sure, I believe it just wrapped up this week. Yeah, like, uh, a couple weeks ago. I think I think it was last Wednesday. It was, it was a Wednesday or two ago. It flashed. It uh, locked up. So we're not too far behind the because uh, it had an extra episode over the Arrow. Like the Arrow ended right, a week right. earlier, and then Flash had one more, and Gotham ended like even a week before that. Um, and uh, I think the Arrow and, and Shield ended in the same week, and then Flash did one more episode the week after. I don't know if oh, there's getting to be too much. <laughs> yeah, there is, and not only is there already kind of too much, but we're getting this CBS Supergirl show. I'm goddamn excited for that. Yeah, I'm, I know. I'm a big Supergirl. <laughs> and um, what's the other one? Uh, oh, CW is doing another Hot Girl show. Yeah. They're doing Vixen. But oh, Vixen is um, it's just going to be a web series, like a, a short web series, uh, so that yeah, won't yeah. take up too much of your time. But I'll probably, probably check it out. Yeah, sure. And um, I'm forgetting one more. Oh, they're doing, like, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, and they want to hook up, like, uh, they want to put Brandon Routh in the Adam character and hook him up with a couple other guys and do kind of a mini Justice League thing. Huh. So, like, maybe you'd see, like, uh, like, I know the girl who played, who, on Arrow, who played Sarah Lance, the... Uh, Yep. the first Black Canary in that show. Um, I don't know if, if she's playing Sarah Lance again, but the actress is coming back to be on that new show. Actually, it was kind of funny to start to get into it. Um, <laughs> watching The Flash, having not seen any of this uh, season of Arrow, I'm like, oh, there's some, a little bit of spoilers. In this. Yeah, you had, you had a couple of things spoiled for you. Nothing too huge. But... Oh, no, no. And I'm sure I'll enjoy it. Like, it made me want to start watching getting into that now that i'm finished with the flash which you should because we need to do an arrow pod so you gotta stay tuned <laughs> you gotta stay tuned so uh and i'd like to do agents of shield because i i got a lot of problems with season two of agents of shield let me tell you as well you should from the little i've seen <laughs> oh man um but we're not talking about those shows we're talking about <laughs> cw's the flash the flash um I'll let, let, I'll let you start uh give, give me your overall feelings and thoughts and what you you know some of what you like some of what you didn't like you know just whatever comes to your head and on thoughts on cw's the flash um i would relate it it's something that a few years ago before i stopped believing in the concept i would call it guilty pleasure because it's corny and cheesy but revels in it and it's a lot of fun um it's everything i like about the flash uh it's everything i liked about season two of arrow um, where I think Arrow took a little bit longer to find its feet because it went super grim dark at first, um, and then eventually backed off a little bit and became more the DC that I liked and with a bad guy that I liked. 
I actually knew less about the Flash probably. Like I recognized more of his rogues gallery at by name, not necessarily like oh this character is named this, um, and so he's going to become this bad guy. But uh, more like you know this character is named this, and that's a ridiculous name. So of course he's going to be somebody, <laughs> which is a straight up DC thing. But no, I really liked it. Um, it you know. It's one of my favorite superheroes, and mostly because he's able to crack wise and have a lot of fun being a superhero. While also, you know, saving the universe and, and stuff. It's, it's specifically the Barry Allen. Like, the Barry Allen one is, he can crack jokes and be fun, but, mm -hmm. you know, when the business gets down, he's serious. Now, Wally West is the Flash that, if you watch the Justice League animated series, um, and that's kind of your only exposure to the Flash, which... You know, might be because if you if you don't necessarily read comics, but you watched the yeah, animated that was, shows, that was ninety percent of my exposure up till now. <laughs> yeah, he was the Wally West Flash, and the Wally West Flash was always the the wisecracking. Yeah, the wisecracking goofball who we all love because he was the one member of the Justice League that you know was able to had a smile on his face. <laughs> exactly, because like going back to what you were saying about how you liked um, season two of the Arrow, because you know you were able to get to see Oliver Queen, because like that's the biggest complaint that hardcore comic fans have with um this version of the green arrow like the cw version of the green arrow is that he broods a lot and he's a bit more like batman whereas in the comic books oliver queen is you know is a guy who enjoys what he's doing right well and not and, to say that even in season two of the arrow they took away from the brooding and i can't really say what happens in season three but i imagine they it, it's a lot of a lot of brooding in season three i will say well, that like yeah, prepare it, yourself for a lot of brooding it's a comedy drama. I mean, there's a lot of that even in The Flash, but um, in the difference between, like, season one and two of Arrow, I would say, is that, you know, he's growling at people less, he's, um, you know, wearing a proper mask, he considers himself to be a hero rather than just this, you know, Avenger. Stop killing, that's a big one. But that, that was a big one for me, yes, because that was a huge tonal shift for me. I'm like, well, what is happening? Like, I like this show in season one, but, like, kind of despite myself, like, it, I didn't want to like it, and I ended up liking it, whereas in season two, I was able to go, okay, yeah, now I can get down on this. Yeah, because I initially was like, okay, I remember when CW first you know, said we're we're doing Green Arrow or whatever, I was like, oh, I'm not watching that. It's just going to be like Smallville all over That's again. That's exactly right? what I thought, yeah. And so I didn't watch it for the longest time, and then I heard a couple of guys talking about, because um, uh, like I didn't, I did not watch the first season at all. I came in on, I think, about 10 episodes into the second season. Right. Was, uh, yeah, we started that about the same time. Yeah, we did. And what happened like you was... you started watching it and got like half a dozen episodes in and told me to start watching it or something like that. Well, because <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize what the show was. And I got to give credit to the people I work with because there were a couple of people I work with who were talking... They would talk about, you know, oh, did you watch The Arrow this week? And I would kind of, you know, be like, oh, God, they're talking about that stupid CW show. And then they'd be like, yeah, and then Slade Wilson shows up. And I was like, wait, what? It's <laughs> like, Deathstroke's in the show? <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> like, and, and the second I heard them say Wade Wilson, and I think they also mentioned that um, they said something about Task Force X, too. And I was like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> like, the Suicide Squad is also in this? So I was like, I'm calling in sick today. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'm going to give this a shot. And I watched the first couple episodes, and I was like, yeah, this is a lot of fun. But, you know, why is Green Arrow firing arrows into people's chests, right? Like, it's just like, that's, yeah. this isn't how it's supposed to go down, right? Yeah, literally, like, I'm like, did you just, you, you just kill that guy? 
Exactly, right? Like I'm looking for the arrow with the big, you know, punch fist on the end. <laughs> yeah, like the, the big, the big thing is, um, like, because I think in the opening episode of the Arrow, he, he, you know, kicks down the door and then he goes, "So and so, you have failed this city," and then he tells him to transfer some money into an account, and uh-huh. then at the end of the episode, he doesn't. So the Arrow goes and puts like three arrows in his chest, and I was like. Of what? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> just shot arrows in that guy's chest. What a happy ending. <laughs> oh um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I man, like I really like this this series, even though you know there were some goofball episodes with some goofball villains. But that's Flash in general, right? It's just oh, happy. definitely, and and even them, they make it seem like um that there is. I don't know. They say it seems slightly more two dimensional or three dimensional than I would have given them credit for, just based on their name and wacky appearance and stuff like that. Yeah, they brought some reverence to uh, a couple of the characters, like specifically, I think um, Hartley Rathway, the Pied Piper, mm-hmm. who they made out to be like, because you know, in, in the in the original comic books, I don't know what they're doing with the Pied Piper in the New Fifty Two, to be perfectly honest, but. You know, the original one, he was literally just a dude in a hoodie, who in a green hoodie, who would play his flute a la the Pied Piper and would, you know, cause, like, verberations and stuff with his flute. And that was his whole power. And in this one, they kind of gave him this thing where it was like, he was a super genius and he was able to build, you know, the machines himself. But, uh, uh, you know, and... and he, but he was smart enough. He was smart enough to outwit the Flash so that he could take away his speed and try to kill him and 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 stuff like and other right, such right. And they made him gay mm-hmm. for you know because <laughs> you know why the hell not right? Like just oh, sure. just start switching up some of the characters. Um, why not? Um, what's his name? Every time he shows up, Leonard Snart. You can tell Wentworth Miller. Loved. You can tell Wentworth Miller's having too much fun playing that. Oh, he <laughs> loved it. Like I it's loved delightful. him. Every time he's on screen, you just your eyes light up and you just smile. <laughs> I, I love him, even though he was chewing the scenery. From oh yeah, design. no, but it was great. <laughs> just having a good old time. Like in the in the second last episode when he was having, um, which is a really as much as that second last episode where he was like, we got to transport the villains and move them. Yeah. That as as like as. Like, I had a lot of problems with that particular... Oh, the, sure. ...the way that episode was handled, but I liked it because it was a classic, like, let's get all the bad guys in the same place at once, right? <laughs> Type <laughs> of thing. Wrong. Oh, God, everything went wrong. Exactly, right? Which is always fun. But, like, when he went to the bar and it started playing, you know, Cold as Ice by Foreigner, and I was just like, it's so corny, but I love it, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, like, other than him... and But speaking of scene-chewing, though, um, Dominic Purcell, who played Heatwave... Oh, yeah, no question. ...in the prison break reunion... Boy, was he chewing the scenery? Because I mean, even Wentworth Miller in a, like in a couple of scenes had to be like, "Hey Dom, take it down a notch, buddy." Because like, like he did the one scene where he where he tied up Caitlin, and was like, "The fire showed me my true form," and stuff like that. And was like, you know, waving the lighter in her face. And stuff. It's like, all right, settle down. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh my god, he like he was just num 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 with the with the scenery oh, yeah. at that point. Um. Uh, I gotta say a, a couple of things that I noticed. Did you did you notice that um, the guy who played Cisco, uh, mm-hmm. what's his name, Car- Car- Carlos Valdez, the guy who was playing Cisco Ramon? Uh, did you notice that he was wearing Big Bang Theory T-shirts throughout the show? Yeah, I did. I didn't mind it. No, I didn't mind it at all because, like, I mean, I'm not a big 
Big Bang Theory guy, but we do know that the Sheldon character is always wearing, um, uh, you know, DC comic related t-shirts. Like you know, he's always wearing a Green Arrow shirt or a Green Lantern shirt or a Flash shirt, seemingly mm-hmm. on. Yeah, like a graphic tee. <laughs> yeah, and I just I love the fact that this show was littered with so many easter eggs like this show has like tons of easter eggs like i remember in the first episode um oh you probably catch more of those than i did oh god well in I, the caught first, a, I caught a good view <laughs> yeah in, in in the first episode it was so subtle but barry crashes into a van mm-hmm. and the van says like Gam- gamby cleaners okay which is a reference to paul gamby who is the tailor who designs the in the comic books he's a tailor and he designs all the costumes of the rogues okay okay like like the rogues because like you know like the, the thing about flashes like rogues gallery thing is that like the, the rogues like they all kind of they're all kind of on the same team and they're like we just we got to beat the flash because they they all go to the same bar uh, okay, okay. In, in like the comics and stuff and it's like <laughs> literally this hole in the ground that they all go to and they're like you know and they just sit there and they're like damn it didn't get them again this time get me a beer and stuff like that and they just sit there and reminisce about how and they all get their costumes from like the same tailor and they team up constantly and stuff and like right, they, right. they know each other's like like they're all their actual lives and stuff like that. Like, the, was that that scene in the animated series, the Flash and Substance episode, where yeah. he like goes to see the trickster at that bar? Yeah, and like they're all sitting around and like the like Mirror Master, Captain Boomerang, uh, the trickster, and uh, who was the last one? Uh, the trickster, Captain Boomerang, Mirror Master, and a fourth person. Who, oh, and Captain Cold, and they're all like sitting around and they're like asking each other like how's your wife and stuff like that. like oh you know she's doing better um and like um speaking of like easter eggs and stuff um when uh the reverse flash or harrison wells or thon whatever you want to call him on this particular Mm -hmm. show when he sees that future paper yeah like that future paper is chock full yeah, I've I've read some commentary on it. I never actually like paused it and read it myself, but I've seen some uh, interesting things. <laughs> oh yeah, like uh, obviously uh, the big one that everybody saw was the fact that it said like uh, Queen Consolidated and Wayne Tech Complete Merger or something <laughs> like that. So in the yeah. picture, we're like Batman saving the day once again, right? <laughs> He's got to pull. Yeah, and uh, well, there was the things where it's like you know during the fight, and it lists like all the other people who were there, and it's like the Atom. It actually calls him Green Arrow and uh, Central City's Green Lantern. (laughs) Yes, yes, good call. No, it was the the names that were on there were um, uh, what did it say? It said uh, the Flash in with the help of it said Green Arrow. Yeah, the fact that it actually said Green Arrow was obviously the big the big takeaway from that, but also, um, hot girl and right. the Adam, and mm-hmm. which are, which we know are all going to be characters. Like the Adam is already a character on the arrow show. Um, spoiler alert. I didn't know if you knew that or not, but no, uh, Ray Palmer shows up. In well, yeah, yeah, no, I figured he, of the he arrow. showed up in an episode of, uh, Oh yeah, he did. Didn't he? In, in this episode show, of flash as well with Felicity. Yeah. And he, he said, it was all was... delightfully awkward. Yeah, and that episode had the gender bend, um, because that also had the line where they go, because, you know, Brandon Routh, who played Superman in, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, what's that? It's a bird, it's a plane. It's a plane, yeah, they did that thing, and the, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's my boyfriend, or whatever, right? Like, um, 
The... He's always delightful, though. He always looks so completely out of place. <laughs> yeah, that was really bad. I remember when he put that on, though, in the um, see in the Arrow show when he put on that suit, and it looked like a cheaper oh, Iron Man outfit, and it had no blue to it. And I was just like, kind of like, ah, not a fan of that particular. <laughs> Oh, okay. Look, but I'm hoping they change it. And they've made a couple of hints that they're going to change um, that, uh, you know, that like that they're going to change the design. Because even at the end of that episode, because that episode had the, the yeah, him and Cisco fixing it up. Yeah. And he said, you know, I'm going to make, you know, it's smaller or whatever. Right. Because he's like, I need to make my tech smaller. So he's presumably going to, uh, you know, eventually build his suit so that he can change sizes as he was apt to do. That mm-hmm. episode had the gender bent version of um the bug-eyed bandit um there was wondering who that was supposed to be because i know there's also like a queen bee character in dc yeah <laughs> or something like that was the queen bee in I, f- I, f- I think the adam but the bug-eyed bandit is an adam um villain and he you know fights with microscopic bugs that he's created not microscopic but like you know tiny yeah robot bees and whatnot and in this version it was um it's usually a dude and the character's name is bertram larvin because you know mm-hmm. dc can't resist a pun with their names and in, course, in this one yeah. they changed uh the name to brie larvin and made her female which i thought was kind of cool because we yeah. honestly weren't getting enough of a female presence not at all <laughs> in this particular show i mean they added the golden glider <laughs> who they oh yeah every episode they're like oh you're making me like cisco more and more until he comes up with another fucking terrible name <laughs> well <laughs> i can't blame him for that but God no because you have to remember all these like kind of extremely corny <laughs> names that they gave their characters a lot of these are like villains that they haven't used since like the golden age i get that but i mean like you, you it's one thing to have him come up with the names and you know harrison and barrier roll their eyes and you know they're, they're feeling what I'm feeling, which is, okay, well, that's a terrible name, but we don't have time to worry about this. So, uh, It's another thing entirely for Golden Glider to basically ask for a name and him to give her a shitty one and her to be like, oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, God, it was pretty hilarious because, like, well, and because I, I heard that they were going to do the – well, because we knew – I knew that they were going to do the Golden Glider because, like, there was the episode where um, – they did the cross the streams episode where which, which we can get to that in a second we'll we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. kvetch about the cross the streams episode eh, but, i didn't mind it well when they, they, it was silly and it's like you know that yeah happen ever <laughs> it's just like it's the oldest comic book villain where like or comic book or like it's such an old trope like it's, it was a trope in like the 60s right is to have the like saw it in uh, mad max road warrior this week <laughs> yeah a little bit um god like it was it was it was such it's always it's a trope from the 60s to do the like here are two villains who should never team up because they're have opposite powers yeah because their powers are, are so incompatible and they always just do the cross the streams like spider-man did it with like uh like Sandman and Hydro Man would fight each other, and you're like, "Well, you know how Spider Man's going to do this," and like they both jump at him, and Spider Man jumps out of the way, and then they smash into each other and form one like mud guy that can't fight. do anything, and then they have to like wait, you know, years before they separate themselves out. I, say, I don't know if they did the uh, usual superhero trope that like the one that I think of is the big like, "Oh, we need to defeat the supervillain thing," which is the you know, you want electricity? Here's all of it. Oh no, too much power. 
Yeah, they did. That's the big one that I don't think that they Let's give him all the power he needs and stuff what? like that. And they're like, no. And they no, have, too much power. Yeah, they always do that with the electricity villains, right? Like, they're like, let's juice him up till he can't hold it anymore, right? Yeah, that's a pretty big villain, beady um, trope. trope. But yeah, the, like, Cross the Streams episode um, was... Just I was like, are they really gonna? I remember watching that going, are they really gonna do the cross the streams? And they did it, and I was like, okay, I'm fine, but you can only do it once, you know, <laughs> right? Like everybody gets one. Everybody gets one, and then we move on from <laughs> from that. But I was gonna say the golden glider, because like I was because we knew because at the end of the cross the streams episode, <laughs> um, Snart and uh McRory are getting taken away. And then he goes, don't worry, I have a plan to escape. And then, you know, like you see the, because they did a lot of PS scenes. And at the end of this, I would set you up for like future episodes in yeah. Flash. Mm-hmm. Where like the last minute something, they'd introduce somebody and like something cool happened. You'd be like, oh, that's pretty sweet. And uh, yeah, they went and they did, uh, you know, and then he goes like, hey, sis. And then like, like, the, like the thing like smacks up against the uh, thing. And I'm like, oh, they're doing the golden glider. And then I was like, how the hell are they going to do the golden glider? Because in the, in the original, like, I think she was in the Golden Age, uh, Miller. Her story is um, she's a, fig- a former figure skater. Like, she's an Olympic-level figure skater. Of and course. she doesn't have superpowers, but Captain Cold basically just creates ice for her to skate on. And then she <laughs> skates. And then, you know, the Flash can't run on ice, right? And <laughs> sure. And then she skates around the Flash, essentially trying to cut his head off with her skates. Like, she'll do, like, flying high kicks with her. Like, so I was like, how are they going to do the Golden Glider? And then they just gave her another gun. And I I had a lot of problems with that particular... Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Wait, they did that? Because, like, how do you just make a gun shoot gold? Like, I... I'll take three. <laughs> yeah, like I exactly like I sort of get that you can like so, scientifically speaking, it is possible to build a gun that shoots ice and fire. I mean, te- we technically have guns that shoot fire already, technically on planet Earth. But I don't. I was like, how did like why are you what? <laughs> like, this guy just throws it together in an afternoon. <laughs> in an hour, in an afternoon, with no equipment necessarily at his disposal to do it. And Let alone then, thousands of pounds of gold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I'm just like, where did he get the gold from, right? Like, and he loads it into this little cartridge gun, I guess. Oh, man, that one that one was... Uh, you know, listen, you can introduce all the metahumans and time travel and shit that you want, but when, you, yeah. like, when you're trying to be like, oh, yeah, these are the realistic superheroes who are supervillains who just have these, like, super-powered guns. Like, they're just regular people who shoot infinite gold. Yeah, and, and I realize that there's people out there that are, are probably saying, like, well, if you believe that a guy can run through time, you know, you got to be able to believe that a gun could shoot gun. Bullshit. <laughs> okay? Yeah, I really don't. <laughs> like, bullshit. <laughs> like, it's got it's got to be some logic to it, right? Like, Yeah, the uh, first time she uses that thing, she shoots, like, the like the volume of gold that she shoots out. To say nothing of the weight, the volume that she shoots out is, like, 18 times the size of her gun. <laughs> it's like, like, where was she hiding that? <laughs> Cause she like, oh, she like finds this dude, right? Or she just shoots this like full grown man and covers yeah. him in gold, and it was like, uh, she got to rock that like you know all that glitters is gold line, <laughs> and it was like, oh man, the one line, so cheesy. Um, I'll tell you what else I didn't like. Um, when they brought Kyle Nimbus, the Mist, mm. and gave him this um, 
yeah, where he because in the comics he wasn't like cyanide. In this one, they made him where he was like cyanide, where if you you know breathe them in, it would obviously kill you. Uh-huh. Um, in this particular show, um, the Flash has three super geniuses, and if you count him, it's sort of like although he's not super super scientist genius barry allen in this like he is in the comics sometimes yeah, they kind of got away from that a bit and i think they'll be bringing it more up in the next season mm-hmm. and you well, know assuming that you know he isn't destroyed outright at the end of this first season yeah <laughs> but... but he is a smart man so theoretically they have three and a half super geniuses one mm-hmm. of whom is from the future and has future tech at his disposal and during the second fight with Kyle Nimbus, nobody thought for him to just wear a gas mask. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Didn't just, they? I thought no. they did. <laughs> no. They were like, you've got to be careful. And, like, I think that was when they invented the Flash doing his tornado move with his oh, hands. Okay. or with, I can't remember if it was with his arms or him just. No, it was when he created the Cyclone where he runs in a circle real fast. In yeah, order... well, he did that in the first episode against uh, Kyle um... Mark Martin, or actually, yeah, well, it's Clyde Martin at that point. Yeah. Um, Mark Martin doesn't show up just yet, the weather wizard. Um, but I was just saying, the second fight, four super geniuses in, this, geniuses in this room, nobody says, hey, take a gas mask with you to fight yeah. this guy. I don't remember too well, but I seem to remember it was one of those things where it's like, hey, we created this thing to protect you. And then within like the first like twelve, like five seconds of the fight, the guy knocks it off and then he just has to deal without it for the rest of it yeah they did that a couple of times on that show um Mm -hmm. because they did with grod too that was a fun episode oh my god so just fangasm the entire time during the grod episode what you think of cg on grod uh serviceable i thought it was pretty good considering it's a television show it's good for tv yeah definitely and i mean they never showed him in direct light or anything like that either no, but like it was in like a steamy sewer or something. Yeah, but they got some real cool shots, right? And yeah, definitely. Yeah, I thought I thought that looked really cool, and uh, the you you could kind of tell that maybe they spent a lot of their money on the CGI on Grodd for that episode, which is why they kind of had to cut the fight with uh, the th- the three way fight when the arrow and the flash and or the arrow and firestorm show up to fight the uh oh yeah the reverse fight flash. reverse flash and the fight was like four minutes something like that like it was like this big episode we'd been building up all season and it was kind of this like four minute fight scene that was very satisfying i'd say just a little I, short i didn't mind that and i'm even okay with it being short because a lot can happen between the flash and reverse flash in very quick succession like, I like that the first thing we saw when it started was just these, like, red and yellow lightning bolts going in a circle around each other, and the arrow and the ad, uh, firestorm just being completely like, um, <laughs> Barry, <laughs> do something. Like, we have no way to get in on this. Yeah, that was great. And uh, I appreciate it with Firestorm that they didn't put him in, like, the giant pink onesie. <laughs> so yeah, yeah yeah no i like the, the the chest thing that they put on them. yeah and they did the firestorm handshake thing when they when they go in together i kind of appreciated that Do you know the guy who plays uh ronnie is Stephen amell's cousin i did not know that cousin or brother i'm not sure and i could see where there's some sort of resemblance there. yeah yeah cousin or brother i'm not exactly sure but they're they're definitely related and um 
Yeah, I thought I thought uh, all the firestorm stuff that they did was pretty good. I actually I, liked uh, the Doctor Stein guy, especially in the last couple episodes there, when he was you know being a scientist and delivering some uh, class A snark. Yeah, he when he, he he had that one really good line where he was like, "Is it is it at this point that I will yell Eureka or Excelsior, Excelsior. or something to that effect?" <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, the yeah, like although like. We got to see the reverse flash put the uh, right before that fight started. We got to see him shoot the suit out of the ring mm-hmm. and get into the suit. And I was like, oh, my God, the suit ring. They, <laughs> well, did, the thing. <laughs> they did the thing. Well, though, well, you know, completely improbable and um, very comic booky. It was still so, so awesome. Yeah, <laughs> like, and Cisco asked about it, like, despite himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um what did you think about Eddie killing himself? Because spoiler alert again, um, the Eddie character who is supposed to be Eobard Thawne's like great 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 grandfather or something, uh-huh. um, has to kill himself at the end of the episode in order to like. What did you think about that? Like, do you think we'll ever get the reverse flashback in the show, or do you think he's gone and they're they're just going to say, well, well, we had a good season with the reverse flash and now we're going to put him to bed? What do you think? As often and as easily as they could cross over different timelines and stuff like that, I imagine we'll get some form of reverse flash again. Um, it might just be straight up Eobard. Like, I, I'm kind of interested to see what they do with this because it's a lot of responsibility like even the jay garrick helmet flying out of the portal at the end. oh i was just gonna say that yeah <laughs> which i was like so oh. good yeah <laughs> and uh and the the future version of the flash having like the white logo and everything like that that we recognize um there's a lot to be explained anyway so i'm kind of okay with it i the thing that kind of struck me as Hey, I think I've seen this before. Was it it mirrored very closely the the first season finale of Arrow, where in the middle of this climactic scene, the love interest's current boyfriend dies, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's the same thing that happened with uh, Tommy Merlin. Yes. But in that situation, it was him making like a noble sacrifice and not the Arrow failing to save the day. Mm-hmm. Well, wow, you're right. Actually, they did the same thing, didn't they? They did the same thing. Wow, good fuck. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> good, good, good fucking Paul Miller. Way to go. See, that's why I bring you on this show. It's for you to point out shit like that to me that I completely missed. Because I oh, spend yeah, my time... dramatic angles, because you, when you have a cast of, like, an ensemble cast of, like, nine people, and every single episode features, like, two of them that have never really talked about something, talking about what happened in the last episode, and, like, it, it gets super confusing if you're not... If you're not into that sort of thing, but uh, God help me, as long as it's uh, in a superhero context, I can get into a soap opera like this. Absolutely. Yeah, and like, <laughs> see, this is why I bring you on to notice stuff like that, because like, this is the stuff I think about. I was just like, you know, Eddie didn't have to kill himself to in order to accomplish what he wanted to accomplish. He could have easily just gone and like, I don't know, got a vasectomy or something like that. You know, like <laughs> not, not not in the moment, but yeah. No, <laughs> but like he could have like he had plenty of time between um, you know, between that point, between point A and point B to be like, Hey, I have an idea. <laughs> and, and like, you know, there are other things in that scene that I had a problem with, and it's not even like problems, just little nitpicks as a, you know, a kind of guy who likes his sci-fi and time travel 
tropes and stuff like that. Because as soon as he shot himself, like, it shouldn't have been like the, oh no, I'm gradually fading out of existence. Like, no, you've got hundreds of years to not exist now. Like, this dude is gonna die. <laughs> yeah, it was, I was just... Like, I understand why it's dramatically appropriate, but... Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, much more... Obviously, it was, it was cool, like, the effect that they used to show that, like, you know, it showed him, like, phasing back into Eobard. Yeah, and, uh, just like you know, he like turns white and fades out of ex- like cracks out of existence, which was pretty co- was a pretty cool effect. Like, um, I don't know. I thought I just like like <laughs> I just thought it was just like obviously that wouldn't work. It'd be a horrible TV show of like they just saw a sequence of him like being they're like he's in a doctor's office. Hey Eddie, we're ready for you now. <laughs> he walks in and then just see him walk out with like the vasectomy limp that you know guys get when they're walking out after that operation. Yeah. And then he just Ebert Thon just goes, What's happening? No. Well, like I was this. I was I was wondering um uh what they were gonna do with him after that, because in the last episode they basically in you know, I think maybe two episodes previous they showed the, you know scene between him and Wells, where Wells is like, hey, you're useless, you don't actually amount to anything in life, and you don't even get the girl. Um, and I'm like, well, you know, and he kind of goes through this kind of existential crisis himself, where, you know, it's my whole life a sham, like, am I ever going to amount to anything? Like, Iris doesn't love me, et cetera, et cetera. But then um, Dr. Stein gives him that big speech about how, you know, how you have the freedom of choice here, because now anything you do is completely free of any sort of historical consequence and stuff like that. Um, you know, you can choose to act however you want to act, and we are not tools of fate, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I'm like, oh, well, cool, I wonder what his arc is going to be like in season two. And then he does something like this, and I'm like, you know what, that's good too. <laughs> like, if you have the freedom of choice and you want to use it to protect your friends and, you know, the girl you love, I mean... That's a hell of a way to do it. It's it's. I thought it was pretty cool. Oh yeah, it was it was like it was great, and obviously it worked in the context of the show. Like I, I thought it was great. Plus, he's obviously not a like Eddie Thon was not a character that ever existed in the comic book, and he. Oh, I didn't think so. No. No, he existed purely to throw people like myself off the scent of the show, mm-hmm. because um, in the what I think was the best scene in that show which was the last episode right before the Christmas break when we first see Professor Zoom, the reverse flash in um, uh, on top of the roof and the flash sees him and they have that stadium fight and the stadium fight I thought was, oh, yeah, yeah. was a lot of fun and looked like mm-hmm. they spent quite a bit of coin on it to make it, you know, look half decent for a television show. Right. Um, the scene that I thought was the best in season one was when they do the thing where they pretend to trap him in that force field and mm-hmm. you know that you know obviously it was like he was fake trapped in that whole thing we, we don't need to go into that right whole thing if you've seen it you know what it was about if not you'll check it out but um that was a kind of satisfying conclusion but yeah he, oh i thought it was fantastic it, but like when they were in the thing and they were like you know and he does the thing i'm actually the reverse of flash and then when he runs around and he starts you know whooping all the cops asses mm-hmm. there's the part where he gets to like Eddie and he stops and he throws him you know instead of killing him like he just killed the rest of the cops in the room right. he throws Eddie and I was just like I think that like because we knew his name was Eddie Thawne uh-huh. so I was like I think that Eddie just you know is Eobard and like 
I don't know, maybe they, he's, Oh, I see. Like, I thought he was just, maybe he was going to be in the future. And he was like, I can't kill him because he's me. And if I kill him, I no longer exist. Right. Which ended up, you know, being the thing that technically happened, but not in the way I thought it was going to be. It just turned out he was like his great, great grandfather or whatever. I actually have a couple things I want to run by you as someone who knows more about the uh, continuity here. Um, first off, uh, what do we think about Cisco's newfound ability to see across different timelines? And is he a guy? Is yes. he a known character? Yes. Uh, Cisco, you don't know who Cisco is because you're not remembering his name as Cisco Miller. You're remembering his name as Francisco Ramon, AKA the vibe. And the vibe is a guy who controls vibrations and there were a couple of references to it because in the episode where they beat the pied piper mm -hmm. he reverses hartley's vibrations and he has the one line cisco has the one line where he goes you're not the only one who understands vibrations hartley and i was like oh, <laughs> like, oh okay. and there was another one where he said well, something like, well my question was basically like is cisco an actual character or was he made up for the show <laughs> no he was they just they they kept calling him cisco and I never put it together until later on in the series that it was actually, I think it was the episode where Captain Cold kidnapped them and his brother, because they mentioned that his brother's name was Dante Ramon. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Cisco Ramon. I was like, oh my God, it's Vibe. Because I don't think they, if they did, I, I completely missed it if they ever mentioned Cisco's last name, because I just slipped in and out of it. But yeah, he's Vibe, um, which hopefully means we get to see him breakdance at um, one point or another. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. I, hey, I, they better. They better show him break dance or else I won't be upset. Let's talk the crossovers that they did. Uh, yes. the, the first one they did was the, in the very first episode. The uh, uh, Barry runs to uh, uh, just, uh, not Central City, to uh, Star City to get a little... Uh, pep talk yeah a little pep talk from the arrow what did you think of that particular scene um necessary i guess um i dialogue was a little stiff a little stiff in that scene little 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 stiff um not the best stuff but i kind of liked it i liked the end when like it was it was such a you know i was like okay this is such a justice league moment like when he when Oliver jumps off the roof and he's got like the retractable yeah, Sp yeah. Spider-Man like thing that allows him to, you know, whip between the buildings. And then <laughs> Barry goes, cool. And then he runs <laughs> away in the flat and Arrow sees him and he goes, cool. <laughs> right? Like, I was like, okay, that's a real yeah, yeah. comic bookie moment. I, I don't know. I kind of like that scene. It was, I thought it was fine, but I mean, I completely see why it was a necessary scene to have for this sort of, DC television universe, or yeah. whatever people are calling it. It, it, it wasn't <laughs> necessary in the, in the confounds of the show because, like, um, no, I think it was a marketing move entirely. <laughs> I think it was just like, here's our spinoff of Arrow. <laughs> yeah, but the, well, I don't think it was just marketing, but I think it was also just to say, like, hey, listen, we are also establishing a crossover universe, much like. Marvel yep. has with these movies. They mm -hmm. were like, these two guys will be in the same episodes. Trust us, right? Like, it was yeah, that yeah. kind of a... It was no, like, for sure. I and there was that. even some of that towards the end where, uh, not to skip ahead into all these, over all the crossovers, but right at the end when uh, they take down, the three of them take down um, Reverse Flash, and then Oliver's like, you know, I'm going to need your help for something. <laughs> yeah. 
though I imagine there's some sort of crossover that hap- uh, episode that happens on Arrow yeah, around the same time. You're just going to have to check, uh, catch up and find out what that is. Although I don't really know how because it kind of goes into season finale Black Hole Bear <laughs> immediately after that. That's true. And I was going to say, there's a lot of moments in this show where I was like, okay, that's the fight. Like, you know how when you watch the Batman movie, you get this a lot in the Batman movies, especially in like the old, if you try to watch the old Tim Burton ones uh-huh. there's scenes where you're like okay that's not really batman there's other scenes where you're like that's batman the scene at the very end the very last scene you get in the first season of the flash is the flash accidentally creating well basically every, everybody accidentally creates a black hole in the sky and then the flash goes i've got to run up there and try to stop it and then you just see the flash running yeah, up the in, side of a into building a vortex. into a vortex across debris and stuff and i was like watching that and as it was ending i'm like okay that's the flash like that was that, a hell of an ending yeah that, that was like, incredible <laughs> yeah i thought it was an incredible ending to the season and just him just like to me that's just like because like to me that was when he was the most flash was when he ran at that um particular just at the thing at the vortex and thinking like i don't know what the hell i'm gonna do but i gotta do something right because like i'm like that's the flash and that was the most flash moment the least flash moment in the history of the character and the least flash moment in the history of um yeah i would say the least flash moment in the history of the character and the least heroic moment in the history of a lot of things. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of unheroic things in Man of Steel, but um, oh no, don't even. Yeah, but I'm just gonna say the least heroic moment in the history of um, the Flash. I think took place in this show, and I hated it. Um, and if they would have given me the script to that, I would have said remove that immediately, please. And it's completely unnecessary. And that moment is. Um, uh, when we meet Girder mm-hmm. and Barry beats Girder, and this version of Girder is um, Barry's high school bully. Right, right, right. And Barry gets him into that little, pr- he beats him at the end. And then at the end of the episode, he puts him in that little prison and mm-hmm. um, sets his, uh, you know, starts talking to him. And the guy's like trying to smash open the prison. And he's like, oh, get out of here. And then Barry goes, you're not allowed to bully anybody anymore. And then he takes off his mask. For yeah. no other reason than to mock his former bully yep. and say, you know, look at me. I'm so much better than you. you used to bully me like decidedly unheroic and the least flash moment of all time. Like the flash wouldn't fucking do that. Like the it flash, was, the it flash, was super petty. Yeah. It was so petty. Right. Like I was like, Barry Allen would never do that. Yeah, you're right? like, this Barry. Come on. I was like, yeah. And when they did that, I was like, Oh, I don't agree with that one bit. And then he, immediately like knew his secret identity and stuff but i'm like of all the people to figure out his identity fucking girder especially this like non-intelligent school bully version of girder that they had right created on this show who you know ends up getting killed anyway so who cares um it it amounted to nothing it amounted to nothing but still when, when he did that i was pretty offended by that i was like that is a load of crap like barry allen would never do that honestly that is the least flash instance in the history of the character i think damn 
I'm, I'm going to go so far as to say that. I'm going to say that they um, that that was the low lowest point that this show went to, and unfortunately, it went to the depths of we created the worst moment in the history of the character. But other than that particular <laughs> instance, I'm just going to say like I would have I, like I said I, I if they'd given like if I was like one of the script editors on this, I would have been like the fuck is this? He's not doing this. Rewrite this, right? Like I want like he's not taking the mask off and rewrite the dialogue where he just says something like. You know, I don't know. You're not allowed to bully anybody. Yeah, you're not going to hurt anyone. Else. You're not going to hurt anyone. Not not while I'm around. And then just have him leave the room, right? And yep. then, so it's like, because it was so petty, right? And then he like closed the door, and Cisco like, and he turned around and did like a fist pump because yeah. he was like, "Yeah, I beat my high school bully. Vengeance yeah. is had by me." And then like, I did the supersonic punch. It was really cool. And then I ended the episode in a terrible way. Yeah, with this petty, petty moment of like, I'm gonna get revenge on my high school bully. He's like, "This one's for Barry, right?" You know, like, catharsis. <laughs> oh god, that one was just ah, I hated that bit so much. Um. Oh, like, um, and another, because we talked about how, like, the supersonic punch, that was another moment where it was like, okay, that's the Flash, right? Where the Flash yeah, does yeah. crazy crap like that. There was a lot of moments where it was like, that's the Flash. Um, the one, the very first Wentworth Miller episode, when Captain Cole does the train sequence, where he does the classic, you know, like, he, he sets the runaway train with all the people on it and yeah, tries yeah. to crash it and goes, you can't save them all, right? Like, <laughs> and then Flash has to run around you know, saving them all. That that was <laughs> the flash. Like yep. that was the flash. What did you think of that sequence? That was pretty cool. Um I don't know. I saw that one a, that was a long time ago. For yeah, me. I saw that one a while ago. Well I just yeah. like to me that's just like there were a lot of flash moments. Like when he saves um uh in this they did, in this version they did a version of uh, plastique Bet Sans Susie, the uh, Quebec separatist who uh was not French in this one, despite her name being, had absolutely no hint of a French accent, despite her name being Betson Sushi. Um, like when he, when she was about to blow up and then Flash had to run across the water, like he had to run so fast that he could run on the water. To get, right, yeah, that was cool. That was also a that moment where you were like, okay, that's Flash, because the Flash does that all the time where he's like, because Flash can't do the thing where he's Superman, where it's like, how do I get rid of this explosion or whatever's about to explode, right? And then Superman can just hurl it into space. Flash has to be like, well, I can't do that. So what can I do? I can run it out to the middle of the ocean. Well, it was, then... that, uh, it was the animated um, one. The, the, oh, I forget the name of the episode. It's the one with the bomb in Vegas. Yeah, Joker, uh, Joker's Wild, I think, was that, which are my two personal favorite episodes of the Justice League. When, yeah, because when he, he does that. Although Vegas has, you know, miles and miles of desert that he mm-hmm. Take it to, but in this one, he just like ran across water. And anytime the flash starts, across, shows the whole scene in super slow motion, like the explosions just gradually getting bigger in his hands. That was so good. Oh. oh, I was gonna mention to you actually because you were a big fan of uh the Doom series, I believe it was, uh the the animated. They did the um the trickster the put the bomb on his wrist. <laughs> yes, I had that written down here. He has the keep he has the keep running bomb that Batman invented on the show or <laughs> Batman invented. That was Batman's way of defeating the Flash was to uh uh, uh strap the thing to his wrist. It was like they bolted a bomb to his wrist. I think they bolted it to his wrist in the show. It was too, wrist, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then they're like, you've got to keep running. And if you ever slow down, you'll die. Or it'll blow up, right? And then, like, that was Batman's big way of defeating the Flash. And they did that with Mark Hamill. Like, that episode, oh, my God, that particular episode. That episode was a lot of fun. Was so much fun, despite having, like, 
nothing to do with the actual continuity of the storyline. It was oh no, it was like, purely fan service. Yeah, it was a one off, and but like to have Mark Hamill back, who played um, Trickster, like he played the trick. There's a lot of references to the original '90s Flash show that only got one season. Mm-hmm. Like the guy who plays um, Henry Allen, Barry Allen's dad, mm-hmm. he played the Flash in the original. Oh yeah, That's 19. Cool. Um, 90 show and the woman who was like the head of um mercury labs that they meet a couple of times she she like built that what the hell did they call it that tachyon device tachyon device thank you good pull um whatever device that the thing that the reverse flash uses to suck power the woman who played her she got into a couple of scenes in the show she played um iris in the original 90 show as well so that was a nice little uh throwback but mark hamill who does the voice of the trickster in the justice league anytime he appears right also in the original 90s show um got into a couple episodes as the trickster Uh and like when they go to the place where he's like you've got to go to my old warehouse or whatever to collect my stuff um the suit that you see there before it blows up that's like the original trickster outfit and right yeah that was the one that mark hamill wore in the early 90s show and i think that episode's on youtube so um i encourage everyone to go huh. check that particular episode out after like it's pretty bad because it's 90s style but you gotta love it, <laughs> like, you gotta love it. <laughs> no they had some fun scenes in that like he had the uh, i am your father scene which i imagine will amount to nothing oh god that was so brilliant because those well, two those two guys were straight up in regular person jail so we'll see them again i'm sure oh yeah they could use them. and and i imagine we'll get some oh no i just made that part up <laughs> you're not my son <laughs> i have no well, idea who you are well the guy who was playing the like imposter one the character name was axel walker mm-hmm. and axel walker is actually the second trickster in the book right. the comic books but i don't think i i you know someone on twitter will let me know but i don't think they did any i think he just literally did what he did at the beginning of the show where he just stole all of the trickster's old equipment and then right became the trickster as well and in this version they said he was his he was training him to be his father so they could get mark amel doing the i am your father line which (laughs) you know caused fanboys to squeal everywhere you know (laughs) that's not true yeah that's impossible (laughs) but um Oh my god, like that was, I just, I thought that was great. But yeah, like, um, the Axel Walker character is a guy who takes up the trickster um, mantle in some of the comics, and it's a lot of fun. Um, speaking of a lot of fun, it's a great segue, they found a pretty fun way to get a Flash Green Arrow fight in one episode. Trying to remember, trying to remember. Oh god, did that happen on the Arrow show? No, there was a, like, training episode. There was a crossover oh, episode. Did- where it showed like um they did fight though didn't they they had like a couple fight scenes because didn't the rainbow raider um that's right that's right yeah he affected his mind in a way yeah Yeah, he he affected uh barry so that he became a rage monster and then him and um the green arrow had to fight it out right which was so good like i just thought because like you're like we've got to have a way to get these guys to fight Uh but it can't just be like I'm jealous of you. Ah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Like, well, they were building some tension there, which is why I made the episode. It had a good payoff when they actually did fight, but because uh, the arrow was trying to train Barry, and Barry was completely resistant to it. 
Um, but the, the scene that I remember from that episode was um, Arrow takes him out to like a field somewhere and he's like, you know, I'm going to shoot an arrow field, at you. But I'll explain it in a second. You finish your story, but he didn't like, just take oh, any field. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, shoot an arrow at you or something like that. And you gotta dodge it, and he does, and he, you know, does it easily. But he ends up stepping, like, triggering some wire that shoots like two arrows into his back. Yeah, that was. He's brilliant. like, you know, by the time that arrow got to you, it was like a tenth of a second. In that time, you would have had time to realize that all these other things were here and disarmed them. Like, <laughs> you need to be better than this. Yeah, they built a little. It it was it wasn't dead nuts on, but they were sprinkling a very Batman Superman type of relationship amongst those two during those, that two episode crossover on both shows. Yeah. And that's kind of what I got. <laughs> yeah. Which where like, cause this version of the arrow is kind of like the brooding, um, tactician. Right. And Barry Allen's just kind of like the, Hey, I've got superpowers as long as I'm <laughs> you know, running bl- blindly. <laughs> yeah. I can run in blindly and do whatever I want. Cause I've got superpowers and, and then, you know, which you know is classic Batman Superman relationship that that they had to stuff. Um, you don't get to laugh. I just took a bone for you. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and uh, the 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 reference I was going to say they weren't just training at any testing facility out oh. there, Miller. That was the the testing facility that they constantly trained at. Like there was the episode where like they were firing missiles and stuff at, at him. And uh-huh. you notice it was a big landing strip, right? It was an air testing facility. Oh and no. It wasn't just any air testing facility. Though. It was the oh, no. Ferris air testing facility. And you'll remember in the last episode, the second last episode, Captain Cold goes, I thought they abandoned this place. And Barry goes, yeah, they did when a pilot went missing, when a test pilot went missing here, that test pilot. Yep. Our boy, Hal Jordan. Is he our boy? <laughs> the Green Lantern. Well, he's my boy. He's not so much your boy. You've never been a big uh, Green Lantern guy. guy. Or Green yeah. Lantern guy. That's I'm going to get you into the Green Lantern because I'm going to get you the good Hal Jordan stuff. You've only seen your, – your only exposure is lame-ass um, John from uh, freaking uh, oh, yeah, Justice League. I guess that's true. Yeah. Well, being voiced by the awesome, awesome Phil Lamar was quite yes. one-dimensional in that – justice league show i will say oh he was super boring oh god yeah and like the stuff with him and hot girl was not terrible because hot girl was involved yeah and that version (laughs) that version of hot girl was pretty one-dimensional too right like they were the they were the two least interesting of that particular justice league i mean they had cool moments but oh sure but everyone did yeah everyone did on that show um another reference you might find fun um, well, there were constant references to the Flash Museum in in that show, mm-hmm. and I can't remember his name, but the guy who um, – the, the episode when uh, Captain Cold was trying to steal the diamond, uh, which I think was like the first episode with him, right? He was trying to – first off, that diamond was called the Kondak Diamond. Did you catch that? I didn't, know. It, yeah, it was the Kondak Diamond, which is the, con- the fake DC country that Black Adam is from. So, ah, okay, cool. So technically, we've established that uh, – <laughs> Shazam could show up at any moment. God, I would love there to be a Shazam. Oh my God, show. yes. <laughs> so awesome. Uh, we'll never get it though. Um, Hopefully, <laughs> I yeah. can. I can. I can dream. I never thought we'd get a that live action Flash TV series. That's true. That also, let alone Supergirl. <laughs> yeah, that also didn't suck. Um, you mentioned earlier the Jay Garrick, the original 1940s World War One Golden <laughs> Era Flash. You mentioned yes. that helmet. Did you catch any of the other? little 
teasers we got when Barry oh, when he was, was in the Speed Force when he was in the Speed when he was making a Speed Force run. Um, I didn't know, and I wasn't paying super close attention because I figured they were more sensory. Mm. But uh, I can take another look at it. Well, the three—I'll just tell you the three little bits we get, which I assume are stuff that's going to creep up in season two. Mm. Um, one was well, you, first off, you get a glimpse of the Flash Museum. Like mm-hmm. he, he runs and he sees like like there's a Flash Museum. Yeah, Second myself. one was Barry in handcuffs in a prison jumpsuit marked uh, in an Iron Heights prison um, jumpsuit. So we are to presume that at some point during season two, Barry will be framed for some sort of thing and be taken away. Or maybe he'll turn himself in <laughs> turn himself in or take the rap for his dad or something or he needs some reason to get on the inside or something right mm-hmm. the big one though was you got to see caitlin snow as killer frost oh yeah yeah oh, did you happen to catch that i didn't know there was if you go back and play it on like the right side when he runs um you see caitlin and she's got like the blue eyes and she's got her hand out hmm. and um because caitlin snow is the fourth incarnation of killer frost I had a feeling that that character wouldn't just be a nothing character. She's my least favorite character in the series so far. <laughs> so far, but she has some good moments. And it's mostly because um, all they really do with her is give her kind of the stuff where she has the dead fish eyes. Where yeah. she stares at the screen and doesn't blink. It's kind of weird. It's kind of an odd choice by that particular actress. Which mm-hmm. is weird because she's on in a few episodes of uh, Mad Men. Which, you know, you can't be on Mad Men if you act poorly. And she was fantastic on Mad Men. Hmm. weird she was yeah she was like i think she was a flight attendant that one of the mad men was sleeping with on the side <laughs> but yeah they had the because like she had the one line where uh, in like episode two or something when she thought that ronnie was dead and she said something like ronnie and me you know we were like fire and ice and i was just like oh <laughs> like you know like you know it's yep. <laughs> little 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 ham-handed but uh well, i mean you don't be a dc character whose last name is snow yeah, and not and, and not eventually become some sort of character. <laughs> yeah. Um were you as upset as I was that they just killed Simon Stagg? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> like that felt like it could have been something. Yeah, cuz I was just like, oh my god, they're going to, you know, like cuz Stagg was there and they were like, hey, Stagg, Simon Stagg's here and I was like, oh my god, Simon Stagg, that means we're getting metamorpho. And then it was like, nope. <laughs> I was I was happy that they didn't do the same thing with Eiling actually. Yes, cuz I totally like what they what Grodd ended up doing to him was perfect. Um but I was worried that like, you know, you just find like this corpse of Eiling in the sewer and I'd be like, oh, what a waste. <laughs> Yes, yes, and uh, we should also bring up that General Eiling was played by the incomparable Clancy Brown, who mm-hmm. will forever be the voice of Luthor, and anytime Luthor does anything in the comic books, like anytime I'm reading comic books, and Luthor comes up, I hear Clancy Brown's voice in my head saying whatever Luthor lines is to me. He is, like, the way I the way I consider kevin conroy to be batman i right. consider clancy brown to be luthor oh of course like i just i want to throw that out there and i want to give that 
man his due for that. Which is why it's interesting and kind of recursive because the uh, guy who voiced Flash in the animated series was played was uh, Michael Rosenthal, I think his name was. Uh, Rosenbaum. Rosenbaum, yeah. Yeah. He played the live-action Luthor in the CW Smallville. Smallville. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of come full circle or full figure eight or I don't know how you would describe that shit. They like to to keep it in-house. They like to keep it in-house. They they go with the people who bring them to the dance, which I'm perfectly fine with, right? I can't argue with that. can't argue with it. Um, yeah, like, I just, like, because, like, it's okay. I guess it's okay to throw away, like, a character like Simon Stagg. I have no problems with that off the top mm-hmm. of my head. I mean, I, I was slightly disappointed because... I prefer that they wouldn't. <laughs> I would prefer that they wouldn't, but I wasn't, you know, heartbroken. I was a little upset because I was just like, ah, oh, that means they... You know, like, I wonder if they did that as a shock factor for someone like you. I, it's pro- I, I think that's exactly why they did it. And so because it was the first time that you see like Wells like standing up and you know you see him as a force and not just a you know a scientist in a wheelchair, it gives you the first inkling that hey, wait a minute, <laughs> something's yeah. going on here. <laughs> and for yeah, it I think I think you're like I think that's a good point by you because he was he absolutely did that, and then and it you know I was like because like the entire episode I was like because uh, who was it was multiplex right it was the bad guy and yeah. yeah. Uh, in the episode where he uh, was trying to kill Stag because Stag stole his cloning technology or something. That was, a, that was a fun fight scene too. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And when he goes uh, to, uh, yeah, and then he just stabs him. I think you're exactly right that they did that just to throw the hardcore comic book readers off the scent as in been like, hey, look, Simon Stag's dead. That means hardcore comic book guys. That means anybody could go at any point. Like, we're just going to throw away Metamorpho. We don't need him. We got so much rich DC history to tap into that we don't need Simon Stagg and Metamorpho. Well, that plus, I mean, it was a, it was a shocking moment for people who knew and it would be for people who didn't know at that point as well. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like it was just a moment, but they're like, you know what? Let's make this as broad brush as possible. Like you can read into it as much as you want and as much as you're able to, and it would still be a good scene. Absolutely. Um, now, You've known me for a long time, and you know that I'm not a fan of time time travel all the time. Um, <laughs> well, it's hard to do right. It's hard to do right, and I the problem is once you do time travel stuff, the tendency is to fudge a lot. Not fudge a lot, but go completely overboard with it. Like Heroes is, I think, the greatest yeah, example of that. Yeah, where, right. <laughs> where Heroes was just like. We're in too deep. Just keep time traveling everything until we until we're you know back at square one, and it's just it completely ruined that show. I well, I mean, not to not to get into a different argument, but I wouldn't consider that to be like in the top five of the problems that show. Had. No, but it was it certainly bogged. It they down. definitely it, had a hey, we can just reset things if we feel like it. Exactly. Um. So when Flash first time traveled, uh-huh. um. What did you think about that? Like, what did you like? What did you not like? Well, this was fun because I was actually like texting you as I was watching that epi- that like two parter. Yes. And I'm like, oh, I see what they're going to do that. here. And they went in a complete like I had a couple ideas of what they were going to do, and I'm glad that they went in a third other direction, which is to to say, okay, well, he's changed enough stuff now that it's like, just a completely different timeline, and the rest of this episode is completely different. <laughs> yeah, I kind of hate because that. I'm like, oh, they're just going to undo like Cisco's death. <laughs> Yeah, that was an awesome scene. That was probably that was my second favorite scene, other than the uh, the first scene with them in that room with the uh, 
reverse flash beating the crap out of everybody. Um, that was my second favorite scene was the Cisco death right. scene the first time. And uh, when he did the vibration <laughs> punch and like put it right in his heart. Um, I felt mm-hmm. a li- I felt a li- I did like that Barry was fine fucking around with it because he didn't know any better, which is easily like, you know, Dr. Was like, hey, don't change anything. And then he immediately just goes and grabs a weather wizard and puts him in his cell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, All right, come on. Yeah, and weather not even try. Yeah, and weather wizard says something in the cell. I'm gonna put a tidal wave to destroy the world. And I'm just it's like, like Yeah, yeah, bye. Yeah, it's like, no, you won't. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um when they were using the movies to explain time travel to Joe, I thought that was a fun little little touch, right? When they were like, you know, if, you know, if you time travel, we we create two distinct possibilities, and it'd be like, if you go back, you become the source of the thing, and they're like Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, oh, okay, I got it. Yep. But also, if we go back, we could erase stuff. And then Joe looks at Cisco and he goes, Back to the Future, and then he's like, oh, okay, okay, I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> like I thought that that was. I thought that that was a fun touch, but I felt a little cheated when they did that because I thought that that Cisco death scene was so damn cool. And to me, like the resetting of the universe is always a touchy subject with me because I, I hate it when you institute, this is the main thing I I hate about time travel as a writing device, because you can do things because the writers tend to fall into trap where it's like, Hey, we can do all sorts of cool and shocking stuff. And then just, yeah, hand wave it away. Yeah, hand wave it away with time travel. And, and to me, that's just, it's, it's, wow. it's rude and I get it. And I'm, I'm okay if you if you do it. it. I feel the same way as if you, um, I forget what I said earlier, but it's, uh, well, but the cross the streams thing, right? It's okay, mm-hmm. but you can only do it once. Otherwise it gets stagnant and then nobody will ever respect or believe anything you ever try to do in your show again. Right? Well, my so. issue with like the, the last episode where it was like, oh, well, here's this choice. You can decide to help uh, Wells and and go back in time. You'll have the opportunity to go back in time and save your mother. And I'm like, well, that's kind of a, like, that seems pretty fucking risky. Like, don't do that. And then they kept introducing more reasons for him to not do that. And he did it anyway. And then ended up not doing it. I'm like, yeah, dude. Like, come on. Yeah, and when he, when he went can't back, just fuck with the timeline like this. Exactly. Like this isn't your like, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's your decision." I'm like, is it though? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> like, like he's fucking with everyone for like a decade and a half. Come on. Yeah, and I love. The and way not that they'll ever know, but I mean, that's not really, you know, his place. Yeah, it's not really his place to do this. Not only that, but I love the fact that his dad, who is in jail and has no access to any of the information that any of them have, or is necessarily as smart as any of them are Uh goes no don't do it what are you stupid (laughs) like i mean yeah i'm in jail but god only knows what the hell will happen like well yeah and and cisco was the same way (laughs) yeah and we technically know what happens if you read the comic books because they sort of referenced um the flashpoint paradox which to me was uh, uh some people didn't like that in the comic books but when dc was resetting um the universe back in 07 mm-hmm. i think it was 07 to set up for the new 52 they decided to do two last world blow up storylines because why not <laughs> because why not if you're gonna reboot the entire universe absolutely do that right like, I mean, like kill everyone episode. exactly <laughs> go for the go for the gusto right go for the gusto and the two lines storylines they did was the blackest night storyline right yeah oh god <laughs> Where the blackest night, um, where the black rings, um, 
from the Green Lantern universe show up and turn anyone who's ever died in the history of comic books, which you can imagine is everyone. Uh, yeah, pretty much everyone. It's a pant load of people. <laughs> and um, they come back and they kind of destroy most of the DC universe and stuff like that. And then uh -huh. certain guys have to sacrifice themselves to save themselves. And the other one they did was the Flashpoint Paradox. And in the Flashpoint Paradox, what happens is Flash goes back in time to save his mother, Nora Allen, from dying. And in doing so, fucks up the DC universe completely. Like, everybody we all know and love is completely different versions of themselves. Like, um, for instance, Batman, mm -hmm. who we all know and love, is mm -hmm. Bruce Wayne is the one who died in the alley that night, not his parents. So his dad becomes this alcoholic, gun-toting version of Batman. Okay. And his mom snaps at the thought of her son dying and becomes the Joker. So <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, you know what? I think I heard about that. Oh, so good. And like <laughs> Wonder Woman and Aquaman don't come in peace and they start World War Three and stuff like that. Right. <laughs> and like so like the the Amazons show up and basically take over Europe. Like they don't just take over like Paris or London or one city. They took over Europe and declare it like new Themyscira and wage war on the, uh, you know, on, on earth and, stuff. <laughs> and like, and like certain guys like Deathstroke is like a good Deathstroke and, and Luthor are like teaming up to try to take down the Amazon. Oh, okay. Like so that. this is, this is like, um, the, uh, animated series version of like the justice Lords writ large because it has, starts like 15 years earlier. <laughs> Yeah, but like the, the Justice Lords and that version, well, that uh, that alternate, that was like Justice their, League needs the Flash. Yeah, that was like their Earth Two, right, where they all yeah. turned into uh, uh, dictators, essentially, right? And well, yeah, and it was just because of like this one thing that happened in the yeah. universe where the Flash died, and yeah, and like, Superman went too far, and that's why the world needs the Flash, man. They always need the Flash. Um, but like, yeah, the flash goes back, saves Nora Allen. And like I said, fucks up the universe. Bruce Wayne is the one who dies in the alley and his dad's Batman. And like, like, like Wonder Woman and, and Aquaman are trying to destroy the freaking world. And, and, uh, oh man, and just a lot of cool stuff happens because they're allowed to just go crazy with guys who would never team up, teaming up and stuff like that. And, and other, yeah. well, I mean, and, and the thing with that and the thing that I was worried about that they were going to do with the show, especially when it's like, Oh, you can go back and stop this event from happening. And I'm like, well, you really can't because this is like, there's so many rooms for paradoxes here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like if, 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 um, Eddie Thawne kills himself and stops the reverse flash from existing, then why would anything in the series have happened yet? <laughs> Like, right? Yeah. <laughs> he was true. never born, so he never comes back in time to fight the Flash, and he never kills Nora Allen, and, like, the whole thing is reversed at that point. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so, it's why I hate time travel, right? Because it just gets so... Well, because there has to be a logical, there wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. Uh... But they, they, for the reason of writing a narrative, there has to be an end point to it. We're like, you know, okay, well, we've disexisted the, um the reverse flash but for whatever reason all the events that he set in motion are still happening um yeah and because like i did like that whole nod because it was it was kind of a nod to the people who love the flashpoint paradox like i did uh -huh. where like when 
Barry goes back to save his mom, and then he sees future Barry there in the other costume, and Barry and gives him the like the head shake and says, "Don't do don't it. do it." He's like, "Don't I do thought, it." I thought that was good because I love that. Yeah, because I was like, because I'm like, he would know, right? Because like, if 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 he would listen to anybody, yeah, he would listen to himself as a smarter version of him. <laughs> yeah, a smarter version of him to not do it. And, uh, and I'm like, that's was, what I've been telling you, man. Of course, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, it was certainly it was certainly a uh, a nod to those of us who read the Flashpoint um, paradox when he. Uh, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because he was like, if you, he's like, trust me. It was kind of him going, trust me. I know what happens, <laughs> like, and it's not good. <laughs> right? like, yeah, actually, yeah. the one question I have now going into season two, and maybe this is where we can uh, end the conversation. And I almost don't want you to answer this because you might know the answer. <laughs> but uh, they talked about how Eobard Thon Reverse Flash was born like 136 years from present. Um, and he has this newspaper from like eight years from present, and I'm wondering how it's possible that he met Barry Allen at all. <laughs> like, why they would become nemesises in each oh, other's well, times. Yeah, it's always um, involves Thawne going back in time and stuff like that, right? And it, it always involves Flash jumping forward and Thawne jumping backwards and stuff. Um, I'm sure it does, but now what I'm curious about is assuming that first episode of second season involves, hey, we saved the day and everyone's cool and now we can get on with the rest of this season. Um, they're going to explore different things like um, like villains that we've seen locked away in regular jail, um, getting his dad out of prison, um, him exploring Gideon a bit more because that's still around. Yep. Like I, I'm, I'm really psyched for season two. Yeah. And, and not just because of that awesome cliffhanger. Yeah, I was gonna say because Gideon also did the thing was did did you get upset with uh, upset with me as I did when uh, Gideon got interrupted right before she was about to say Justice League. I did laugh out loud when that happened. I was like, no, why would you deny me two words? <laughs> like, I was just like, I was so upset. She goes, because you know she had that like. I wasn't, I wasn't upset. I was like, okay, touche, you got me. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, ah, oh, I just wanted to hear the words, right? Because she was just like, say it. she was like, Barry Allen, you know, the Flash. Yeah, yeah was like, founding member. Of- and founding member of the, ju- and then somebody like interrupts her, and I'm like, no, just give me the two words. Um, That whole newspaper thing, well, first off, it's insane that um printed word still exists in 2024 or whenever that was supposed to be maybe it's all holograms dude. that's true good point <laughs> um the future headline also said like it was another kind of comic book reference the red um, sky thing part there's like a red sky thing yeah the red sky thing which you assume assume would affect superman right mm-hmm. um but also it said flash disappears in crisis yeah which could have been a reference to the crisis on infinite earths when barry mm-hmm. allen in order to save not just his universe but all the universes had to sacrifice himself and that was when he ran so fast he turned into dust which was you know pretty cool um yeah i think that's that's pretty good um give your overall grade on this on this first season of the flash um do we have an official grading system i'm gonna yeah, do absolutely not make it up yeah go out of 10 <laughs> whatever, whatever whatever grade you feel like putting on it uh i'm gonna give it a well, I don't want to give it the same grade I gave Daredevil, but 9 out of 10, which is to say that there were a few things that I'm like, meh. But uh, overall, I loved it, and I'm excited to see more. <laughs> yeah, I'm giving it a 9 out of 10. Um, do you want to ask me about any of the the villains? 
before you get off that, that you saw? <laughs> Do you have any uh, any particular questions? Uh, not especially. I'm I'm curious to see a lot of them show up again. Um, yeah, I wrote down a list of guys. I was because I I looked at the big list of the Flash villain because I wanted to get your opinions on guys that I think will be in season two. And I just have a small list of guys. I think they'll bring in for season two. See, see what okay. you think. Well, you know more about these minor villains than I do. <laughs> well, you'll know, you'll know some of them. I picked the ones you'll, you'll probably know. And, and a couple of that you won't, but I'll explain them to you. Um, I think, yeah, we'll see, you know, shade. Yep. I think we'll see shade in season two. Cause it, that could be a lot of fun. Yeah. It'd be so easy to do shade. Mm-hmm. Um, we're definitely going to see mirror master. Of course. In season two. Mm-hmm. I assume, obviously, Captain Boomerang, Captain Cold, like Wentworth Miller will obviously be back for oh, yeah. several episodes of season two. like four episodes of this. Yeah. Oh, um, awesome. I'll bet we see the top, because that would be... Not familiar. Oh, the top? He's literally a guy who just spins, and like he, he gets like super spinning ability, and it's a, it's a really lame classic. Um, but like he spins really fast, and he can like deflect bullets, and he spins so fast that he can kind of even deflect like Barry Allen. Even mm. Barry's running at him super fast and stuff, but... That would be a good villain to, like, have him show up in the first, like, five minutes of an episode for Barry to thwart very easily. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Um, Abracadabra, the magician. Uh, the, the, Had a feeling, yeah. Yeah, the magician guy could be in there. They could do Ragdoll. I was oh, looking yeah. at it, and I'm like, Ragdoll would be, oh, he was the, you know, contortionist thief. He he was in a bunch of episodes. Did you ever see The Batman? Like, uh, animated I, series of The Batman? I watched, like, a season of that. Oh, uh, well, he showed up in The Batman. A uh, bunch of he was like a recurring villain in the Batman. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's just a guy who dresses up like a like a rag doll, and he's like a contortionist who is a thief. You know, like he you see him like contorting past like the laser grids and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. Um, they could do Cobalt Blue, who is Malcolm Thawne, Barry's twin brother, who is also related to Eobard Thawne in some sort of fashion. Huh. Yeah, I feel like I feel <laughs> it's like a little soap opera for me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I feel like that's a slam dunk though to be it. I feel like actually, I feel like the biggest because I, th- I feel like because M- Mirror Master is a guy you could easily just do make the main villain mm-hmm. of season two. So it depends on whether or not they want to do because I feel like the main villain of season two is either going to be Mirror Master or we're going to get more Grodd. I was going to say, we need more Grodd for sure. Yeah. Is uh, Anti-Humanite, is that a Flash villain? Anti-Humanite is definitely a Flash villain. They yeah, can I, do him. I have a feeling if we're going to get more Grodd, we'll probably yeah. get some Anti-Humanite. Yeah, I just feel like Gorilla City is more like a season four, season three type of... Type <laughs> well, that's, of that's, that's definitely true. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you want to go to Gorilla City right in Too soon. Two. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I want them to do Tar Pit specifically just because Tar Pit once tried to steal the Stanley Cup. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like that is the thing that happened. Tar, Tar Pit was a metahuman who could phase himself into um, just inanimate objects. Well, I know exactly why you want that episode then, because you want to see a uh, another fictional DC Universe sports team that you yes, have a jersey for. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, well, he... It would have to be like some sort of Central City hockey team, right? Yeah, exactly. It was actually the key. It was Keystone City, that mm. in the comic books, if I remember that correctly, he stole like like Keystone City was playing somebody for the Stanley Cup, and he tried to steal the Stanley Cup, and actually, and Captain Cold actually ends up stealing it. Like he double crosses <laughs> carpet and steals the Stanley Cup, and I was awesome. like, oh my god. A very Cap- special Christmas episode. Yeah, Captain Cold's running running off of the Stanley Cup, and I can think of no better way to end. The crossover podcast that mentioning the sports comics crossover 
of Captain Cold stealing the Stanley Cup once. Yeah, we, we'll get me and Craig on the same episode. Yeah. Oh god. God, that'd be so good if, if Tarpit didn't steal the Stanley Cup episode of Flash <laughs> in season two. Oh god, that would be so great. Kevin Miller, thanks for coming out. Uh, yeah, always a pleasure. Yeah, appreciate you helping me out on this, and uh, we'll, we got to get you back because you got to come on, and we got to do the same thing for Arrow and uh, that terrible, terrible season two of the Shield. Oh my god, <laughs> fucking terrible! I can't even believe. Like, I, I mostly want to complain about the season. Essentially, has no villain, and then when they finally decide on the villain. It's a, a person who. All right, is, hold it in, hold it in. <laughs> no, I just no, just I don't even not even ancillary to the show. One of the worst actors I've ever seen in my life. Oh wow! Uh, and and they put the 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 last couple episodes on this person's shoulder to be the villain and was just awful the entire way through. One of the worst actors, like like child actor actors, were looking wow. at this person and going like man, they got to take some acting classes. Like, this person was so bad. I won't ruin it for you, but you'll probably Sounds like notice. someone already did. Yeah, you'll probably notice. Like, you'll be like, oh, I guess this is the person based on how terrible they are in yeah. every scene ever. This mannequin. Oh, my God. It was awful. But anyway, once again, thanks for coming <laughs> out, and we'll get you back for Arrow and uh, whatnot. And you got to come back on and do some commentaries. Yeah, um, Kevin Miller, once again... Thanks for coming out. Yep.